0: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Adoption Adventures. Um, those of you that are all up to date and uh, all current, you'll know that the, uh, I told you last week that I would be on annual leave this week, but not to panic. There would still be a recording, um, but I'm recording from my phone and from location, so there isn't the intro or exit music. For that, I am deeply apologetic. Um, I would grab the boys and ask them to do the intro music like they did before but they're just not they're not next to me right now in fact they have literally just inflated the kayak and they're about to go in the lake Um, I on the other hand am out walking with the little lady the little dog um, trying to get her to walk along but she's Still trying to locate her pack. So if you find that I'm not entirely switched on to this from time to time, it's because I'm just making sure that she is still with me and next to me and doing what she's supposed to do. It's a good girl. Right, so. So as part of... Um, my work with Adoption UK, we hosted a focus forum talking about adopting siblings. Um, and obviously, we've, I've spoke with Ryan previously, um, who's talked to us all about his experience of adopting siblings, um, and I've, I've met a number of adopters that have. The idea of this focus forum was to... Find out what some of the challenges were some of the benefits some of the experiences that people had had and the ultimate aim of this forum was so as we could generate some more information to feed back into adoption uk and obviously wider afield to try to help shape future adoption placements and try to help encourage future adopters to consider taking on siblings so the hope that was that we would find out what our struggle was what challenges were so perhaps they could be avoided for future placements Hi hi there So as part of this recording, I'm currently walking around a really beautiful lake. Um, I'm As part of our trip, we're around, um, in the Lake District, um, where, where they have different gate mechanisms for every single gate that they walk on. Um, but as part of what I'm doing, I'm recording as I'm walking around a really beautiful lake. But that does mean that each time I pass on, I've got to do the, uh, you know, the standard hello. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry if it turns a bit random from time to time. Um, so, yeah, the idea was that we would talk to people and find out, you know, what, what was working, what wasn't, and how we can help everyone, really. And when we all got together, there was a group of, I think, 15 15 adopters on this call. Um, Now, one of them was a prospective adopter who'd had a, a link. The other, there was another couple that they had adopted their child, and their child's birth mother had fallen pregnant again, and they were going to be going ahead and adopting their, their child's half sibling. And there were quite a few people that had um, been in the same boat, actually. Quite a few people came from the same place. And one thing that came out of the training or this session rather, that I found really interesting that I hadn't thought about was, particularly in our local authority, if anyone is considering siblings, there is um, added training and there is siblings training for you. What it got me thinking about was, first of all, the fact that this was not available to all um, it, it was, again, postcode-specific. Um, in addition to that, it was then raising the, the question of, in a borough where that training is available, if you are now being placed with a child after you've had your training, gone through all of your experiences, and now you're taking on a child because the birth family have formed pregnant again, are you then offered that training? And the answer was generally no, um, which I thought was really interesting. I, I thought that that was, that was certainly a gap for me because I think even though you're an experienced adopter, you haven't experienced that part of adoption. So I think that, you know, having that training and access to that training was really key and should be put in place for for all. Irrelevant of when that sort of experience is happening for you. As a group, we then started talking about how when you're adopting siblings, um, there was the disparity between the sort of the ages um so you might adopt siblings one is a lot older so has a much stronger sort of cognitive memory of their experiences whilst the other one was much younger and has limited um sort of memories and a couple of adopters were talking about how that was a challenge because one of the siblings felt really comfortable really confident to talk about their experiences share their experiences and and delve into that whereas another or the, the sibling didn't feel comfortable and didn't feel like they could talk about this um so it it caused challenges within their family unit and family dynamic of trying to find that balance and trying to find how do you talk about it so as one feels comfortable that they can, but the other doesn't feel uncomfortable that they're not. Um, And it's... For them, it was about pitching that at the right level. Um, And they said that, you know, that was... That was quite a challenge, particularly in the early days, um, particularly when it sort of first started coming out. Um, but over time, they learned what they was doing and how to navigate that sort of conversation. But it was certainly something I guess, um, that they weren't ready to sort of think about at the start. Um, I guess that's something that we've not ever had to worry about, think about, um, to too great an extent. Um, We have found that little dude, being the eldest out of him and his brother, he has lived experiences and lived memories and he also has other knowledge that his half-brother has also been adopted. Hi there doesn't have. So I think I've mentioned in the past where um, Little Dude's brother's adoptive family have talked to us and said you know when you get to the point where you're telling these aspects of Little Dude's story could you just give us the heads up so as we know that they might talk about that behind closed doors between each other. Um, Which We've always done, we've always kept them updated and informed. Um, But again, having to think about that, keeping that in your mind and making sure that you're just doing everything you can to help everyone involved. Um, Obviously, it's not just about our children, it's about the wider wider network of it all. Um, So that's... That was interesting, Um, and it was something I hadn't really, really thought about. Then as the sort of, as the conversation developed, as that conversation sort of developed, the not the flip side, but the addition to all of that, um, of one having more knowledge, more experience, and more exposure to their story. There was also a really lovely conversation about how, actually, they... The children had a shared experience, which meant that they had... um, an instant ally they had someone that was on their side um and knew what they were going through not knew what they'd experienced and could talk to them about that and i think that was something definitely we talked about when um when we spoke with ryan on our siblings um episode sorry I'm just hitting another gate that's another way of managing the gate no worries at all yep have a lovely day um so yeah I remember Ryan talking about how it was really lovely for he's children to have an ally in their camps um, and someone that could be there to support them share their experiences and know what they was talking about that then led on to some adopters talking about how what was really lovely was by adopting siblings you then had these children then had someone that did distinctively look like them as well Um, and how that can be so helpful for our children and their identity. Um, Having someone that's just got some similar facial features as you really, really helps. And again, that wasn't something that I'd thought about. Um, It's it's quite nice. We um, still, every now and then, we still have people tell us that little dude looks really like us. Um, I introduced someone to him the other day. Um, I said, oh, you know, this is little dude. I said, um, he's, he's my son. And so We should point this guy to him and I said, yeah, do you know what? I can see it now. Now that you say that, I can see that. Um, and we always inwardly smile at that. Uh, it's almost like a running joke in our hand, But it's really nice. It's nice when those moments happen. Um, and I think that I think I've mentioned it before I think children are like chameleons I think humans are like chameleons and we'll all sort of blend into our background and our experiences and our sort of environment and I think our children develop ways where they start to maybe not necessarily look like us but they mimic a lot of our sort of actions our um sort of mannerisms and as such people are then saying oh they look just like you and i don't think that that's i think it's more they've got a similar sort of characteristics um but certainly for these children to have to have someone in their home who does look like them must be really really comforting um we've we've sort of seen um i think as well there are we we go backwards and forwards and we debate on this quite a bit as a family um, about little dude and whether we should have adopted another um Hi there. Um, And had we have done that, we would have adopted two, but they wouldn't have been siblings or biological siblings. Oh, they would have become adopted siblings. Um, And we often talk about whether we should have done that, could have done that. Um, At the time, we were told that little dude needed to be in a two to one environment um and wouldn't wouldn't have responded well to having other children to sort of apply for attention um which i get. um i don't know if i mean it's it's one of those unanswerable questions would he have done better if he'd if we'd adopted another you don't know because um, we didn't do it <laughs> um, but I think I think the thoughts need to be there about sort of from the conversation that I was having with these adopters there were a lot of positives coming from it, even the ones that were talking about having a challenging experience were still surrounded by the words of encouragement and to do it. So yeah, so even amongst all of the comments and even when people were talking about the challenges, <laughs> sorry, I'm there in a field completely surrounded by sheep and the stampede charging towards me. Um <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it. It's hilarious. Um, so, so, yeah, even with all of the challenges that were being discussed, all of the sort of difficulties that people were saying they had had or were anticipating seeing, there was this resounding message of hope, excitement, um, and enthusiasm of people saying that it was the best thing that they'd ever done. Um, you know, there was there was no one that stood out there, sort of saying, "Actually, do you know what? Given the opportunity to do it differently, I wouldn't have done this." Um, and, and I thought that in itself was a really encouraging sign. Um, I I spoke with adopters that had adopted just two, others that had adopted three. Um, and the message still stayed the same. Now, people were talking about it being absolutely exhausting. Yep. <laughs> no doubt about that. People um, were sort about of it being exhausting, but also how the children kind of, also acted as support systems, buddy systems, friend systems, and entertainers for one another. So whilst it was extreme, there are also a number of times when you were able to... Hi there. You were able to rely on the siblings being a source of entertainment for a little bit. So a lot of the parents were talking about how you had moments, however brief, but moments of sort of um, relief when the children would be sort of entertaining one another and enjoying each other's company. Um, Now obviously with that comes the challenge of they're playing one moment and then they're sinister enemies the next. I'm um, unhappy to deal with that. You've got your standard sort of sibling rivalries, you know, things like that to, to consider. Um, I think for me, I think for me, the, sort of a big thing that, was in my mind about adopting siblings. And what I would have seen as the biggest challenge was going from zero to two or three overnight. You know, I I found going from zero to one overnight to be really challenging and really sort of pushed me. So, you know, hi there. I've got to assume that if you're doing two, three children, you're doubling, tripling that sort of anxiety, stress, worry, fun, um, all of those things. It's it's all being sort of really ramped up, and it's about considering that and thinking about what what that would actually look like. Um, now, what I found really interesting was that, that wasn't mentioned. It was discussed, but it wasn't. It, was the, it wasn't the pinnacle of, of the conversation. It it wasn't the the main point that people were referring to, which I thought was quite quite interesting to see. Um, like I said, people were they they did bring it up. They did talk about how that, you know that was a thing. But they kind of they kind of just said like you know you just got on with it. And in many ways that's, that's parenting and that's adoption, isn't it? You just you just get on with what you're sort of handed. And you say, Okay, let's see how this works. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> Just realised the amount of people I've said hello to. I've never had this many guests on a podcast. Um, but yeah, when um, when you're when we took on little dude, he he arrived and he had challenges, but we just dealt with it because that's what you have to do. Um, and you push yourself. You push yourself out of the comfort zone. You push yourself out of the sort of into the realms of difficulty because that's what we're supposed to do um, and the rewards as i've talked about them, the rewards are so plentiful that of course you'd do it um, we talked as well about how um how to think about um different children's attachment styles um and how, how that could become quite a challenge, because for me, knowing, knowing how a little dude will react to something, knowing that he is avoidant by nature, I'm able to manage that and say, okay, I know you're going to be like this, so I will plan for that, I will put things in place, and I will parent directed in that way what I hadn't thought about um was if little dude is reacting and using his avoidance and then you've got another child in there ambivalent where do you where do you pitch your parenting um all I guess, you know, I guess that's going to be the same for all parents. You know, when I think of my nieces, one of them is definitely ambivalent, whilst the other one is definitely avoidant. So the only difference there is that my brother and his wife have never been on adoption training and they've never been taught about (laughs) attachment. So they've... They've changed their parenting style to suit each of their children. They just never knew what they <laughs> were doing had a name. Um, so they had to start thinking about being different. I guess that's what you'd have to do in in the world of adoption. Like I say, the difference is you know what you're doing. You, you know that it's a name. So you're a lot more conscious of it, which... I think inevitably also makes you feel more guilty about it. It also challenges you to feel like you're not doing the best job because you're not ticking all of these boxes all of the time. Um, Thank you. and I think that that message came out a couple of times. Um, people talking about feeling guilty um, because they felt like they were sometimes hitting the needs of one of their children and not the other. Um, and again, it was something that we talked about, about how within adoption... Oh, Within parenting, we say within parenting, the second you become a parent, you have the guilt badge sewn onto your arm. Um, so I'm currently watching a collie dog round up some, some uh, sheep and literally doing what a sheep dog is supposed to do. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so... We talk about how when a parent becomes a parent, they have this guilt badge sewn onto their arm so as they are feeling dreadful for all of the things that they're not doing. We then say within the world of adoption, it's almost welded onto your arm because you're taught, like I say, you're taught about all of the things that you should be doing and that other people haven't done. So the second you drop the ball on something, there it is, this huge... Guilt feeling, and it it really really drags at you and and sort of hits home. So we talked about that and and what I said to all of these adopters. Was, do you know what? I don't know you, I don't know your full story, I don't know your experiences, I don't know your children's experiences, but what I'm about to say is you're doing a fantastic job. Even on those days when you don't think that you are, in my opinion, if you're sitting there stressing about these things and worrying that you're not doing a good job, it means that you're thinking about it. It means you're trying to do a good job, and in my book, that's that's a huge step, and that's probably the most important step. Just trying, just turn up and try. Um, that's that's what makes the world of a difference to these to these little ones. Um, and that's what they've not always had available so yeah so that that was a message that came out and my my response to it um the other sort of i guess the the remainder of the conversation really is just surrounded around what more could be done to help people to think about adopting siblings I'm going to be posting this question onto my social media um, and I'm going to be looking to ask that to a wider audience and put a report together because I really want to know the answer to that question. I really want to know what agencies can do to improve the chances, improve the thought process. And and help people to think about that and consider adopting siblings and help people to either to feel prepared for that. Um, So like I said, I'm going to be posting that out on the social medias. um, And it would be great to hear from you as well. Um, As an adopter or prospective adopter, did you adopt siblings? Would you adopt siblings? If you didn't. Was there a particular reason? Was there anything that would have helped you to feel more confident? Um, What else do you think could be done? How else can we move towards this? Um, I think as well, what's really crucial here is a, a message that I think is really essential you, there should be no shame and no guilt feeling of if you didn't adopt siblings. There's no shame in that. <laughs> if you if you adopted a child or it's thinking of adopting just one child, obviously I'm rather biased here. But I think that's an incredible thing to do. So there's no shame in the question of why you no know, why didn't you go for siblings? It's more a question of Is there something that, is there a gap that could be filled? Um, For me, why didn't we end up siblings? Circumstances. Um, When we were going through the... Um, As interruptions go, I do apologise. I just got interrupted by a phone call. So I'll start that that thought process again. Um, So for us, why didn't we adopt siblings? It was circumstantial. Um, When we were coming into the process, we came into it going, definitely won. Um, We'll see what happens thereafter. Um, After that point, we Obviously, we were then shown the profile of, of little dude um, and progressed down that path. Um, would we have considered adopting siblings if, if the circumstances were right? Yeah, probably. Um, I know that I definitely was always open. I always wanted to. Um, and I think Dad would have been quite happy to consider to if it was the right circumstances for our family. Um, but it wasn't right because of the circumstances. So, so that was our reason. Um, I'd love to know, like I say, if you are an adopter, I'd love to know, did you consider adopting siblings but something didn't feel right or the circumstances were right? Or did you always set out saying actually you just wanted the one? Um, if you did adopt siblings, how has she found that experience? What else could be done to help other people along that experience? Um, what more could be done for others? Um, at the end of the day, keeping siblings together is always the best option. So as, as a group, as a collective, we should think about this sort of thing. And we should challenge our own thinking. Um, so that's my yeah. challenge onto yourselves. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of the end of the episode. Um, I'd like to apologise for the sort of stop-start um, style of today's episode. I've I've had to pause the recording a couple of times um, to sort of just make sure that everyone's okay um, and to keep keep each away from um, wildlife um she's currently trying to run into lake coniston um, which is absolutely beautiful um because the boys are arriving on the kayak um but yeah there's been a couple of sort of stop starts and stuff and for that i'm really really sorry but that's what happens when you record on location um here's wishing you all the best and hope that you have a lovely week um i know that we're having a lovely time and uh, really enjoying ourselves so i shall speak to you again next week